Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing UK markets, equities, as well as some major economic um, data that we've had out, which is pretty important for the UK economy. And to do that, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Good morning, John. Thank you. Good to be back. So we are in the summer lull at the moment, Alan. If you're looking at the FTSE 100, um, fairly low volumes. If you're looking at average traded volume, um, that's to be expected at this time of year. Indeed, we did see some some uh, move to the downside in uh, US equities uh, last night. Um, you know, we, we saw some of the major companies there give up some ground, which did drag the the indice lower. Uh, but obviously, looking at where those equity indices have been in the S and P five hundred and the Dow Jones, um, it's to be expected that you see a bit of profit taking at some point. Interesting point with uh, with US indices that they haven't had a correction of more than five percent um, for going on nearly two years now. So very strong equities over there. So I don't think the uh, the red that we saw on the screen last night was anything to be worried about over the pond. Mm-hmm. But Alan, let's now bring things back to the UK. So we've had two um, particularly interesting instalments of economic data. This morning, the first of which I'll, I'll touch on very briefly, and that's inflation data. Of course, uh, regular listeners to the podcast will know that inflation is a subject that we have explored in some detail uh, throughout the year as there were concerns about rising prices and what that means for markets. But we've actually seen uh, for the July data that we saw that fall back down to 2%. So any fears there that we're going to start to see inflation run to the upside um, have been dampened somewhat there. And I think that's uh, reduced some concerns for people there. So again, we're seeing uh, markets fairly uh, tepid re- sort of a response to uh, that data. So inflation rates are there falling to 2% and, and removing some of those concerns. But one of the most interesting things that we've had the, this morning, Alan, and, and it will flow quite nicely actually into our first equity that we're going to discuss today in Persimmon is the ONS house price data for the UK. So reading this morning, um, year on year, house prices are up uh, 13.2%. They're up 9.8% since May. We now have an average house price in the UK of 266,000. Seeing a lot of comments that are coming out from commentators this morning, Alan, uh, it looks as though some people are expecting a a fall off into uh, the rest of the year. I mean, in your view, I mean, looking at at what's out there, do you feel that those views are are warranted and could indeed um, softness in house prices persist beyond the end of of 2021? That's a very good question, Jonathan. Uh, I think, to be to, to be frank, it, it's un, it's unlikely. We're, of course, any market uh, or, or no market ever goes up in a straight line. But I think the I think the relative strength we're seeing in house prices uh, uh, will continue. 
Um, and we spoke about Taylor Wimpy, of course, a couple of weeks ago, who uh, were very bullish in their outlook on the market and the prospects for the market. And of course, uh, we'll come on to Persimmon in a second. But um, but uh, I think what is particularly telling is that in its numbers today, Persimmon spent a huge amount of money on its land bank, adding another ten, well, over ten thousand plots um, in the first six months of the year. And you know that tells you where they expect the market to go. And I think that's probably probably. Um, an indicator that should be looked at by 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 policymakers because it indicates that the strength in the housing market is expected to continue. There is obviously a shortage in the UK. You know, we're seeing tracts of land that were hitherto sacrosanct as um, uh, as as as, as uh, wildlife reserves, nature reserves, um, designated agricultural land. These are now being handed over with the change changes and relaxation in planning laws. So um, th- there is a shortage in housing and I don't expect any any major impact on house prices, particularly also supported by uh, the jobs data that was out yesterday. Of course, we heard that uh, there was an unusual, well, an unexpectedly buoyant housing market. Um, uh, the uh, growth recruitment uh, in the three months to June um, rose to rose to 32.2 million, um, up 95,000 from January to May. So it, it, uh, I think the the expectations were for 75,000 new jobs to be created. So that's that's beaten expectations. So really the impact or the expectations of the impact of COVID, COVID on the housing market, uh, on the housing and employment market, I think, um, I think is far less than people uh, or, or some people may have thought at the start of the year. So indeed, I mean, I think there's two ways to to look at that. I mean, indeed, there's you know, if you're a purchaser purchaser of a property, we could see some form of a, of a softening given the, uh, the the end of the stamp duty uh, holidays that, that that we've seen, and some of those you know sharp gains. I mean, since May, nine point eight percent increases is astronomical, really, in terms of house prices. Um, we could see a dip in that going forward, but. When we're looking at the house builders in particular, and we'll go on to discuss Persimmon, look, looking at the shares and how they've traded, do you feel that the market are really looking at those companies and thinking, okay, we, we've had uh, a, a glut of sales that are going through that have been pushed through for based on the, the stamp duty um, holiday? We're now going to probably see a lull in the market. But do you think there's an element now that people are, are sort of sitting on their hands with house builders and waiting to see um, how the economy plays out? Because I'm only I'm looking here, for example, at Taylor Wimpy, which we discussed uh, mm. last week, currently trading at one pound seventy-five. I mean, this year we've seen a high of about two pounds seventeen. So, um, you know, bump, bumper results. Sorry, two pounds thirty actually uh, was the closing high. Um, we, we've seen a bumper set of results from those. Do you think that largely the market have priced in um, the, the the strength that we're going to see in, the, in their figures and, and really looking at figures next year, they could be flat or even lower in terms of completions and revenue for some of these house builders? It it could well flatten out. Yes, yes, indeed. But uh, but certainly, yeah, Taylor Wimpy last week and Persimmons numbers today. Um, just looking back on the chart of persimmon over the over the past few years obviously we saw that big spike uh, in february and then of course it fell off a cliff along with 
everything else at the at the at the start of the lockdown. But the share price has really recovered then now to sort of levels seen during 2018. And we saw, you know, if if um, if it replicates that year, then we could well see a tail off in the performance during the second half of the year um, as happened. But the fact is that uh, Persimmon, um, as I said just now, has spent 200 million on its land bank uh, during the first half of the year, added uh, over 10,000 plots um, taking its total to 85,700 plots. So that's a big chunk of plots to add to the to the existing land bank. Um, so so obviously Persimmon felt the land that was on offer to them were, was available at the right price and they were able to uh, they're able to sort of generate their profits on that. But um, but in terms of its structure as a company, it's um, it's already uh, 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 operating on a healthy profit. Um, operating margins are twenty six percent, you know, which is pretty good. Uh, that's uh, that's that's at the higher end of the industry average. Um, uh, it's aiming for ten percent volume growth this year. It's on target to do that, and of course, it pays a dividend of just under four percent. So, had you got in at the start of the of the lockdown last year, when shares shares hit the um, the uh, a, a low of um, 1850 you'd have been laughing um shares have already uh, hit that high uh, as i say of three uh, of 32 pounds a share um currently 28 pounds a share um going forward uh it's you we might well see a tail off towards the end of the year but um it pays a four percent dividend so you might be prepared to get on board um enjoy the four percent dividend accept any any uh, any tail any tail off in in uh, in in the capital value um, as the company pushes forward. There's very little, I think, on the horizon for the moment that's uh, going to upset the apple car for apple car for Persimmon. Um, you know, there are more 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 jobs have been created, more people at work than had been expected. We're coming out of furlough schemes, so the prognosis as we go forward is looking brighter and brighter. So I mean, when we when we look at the figures here, um, new home completions, Alan, for the first half of twenty twenty one, was seven thousand four hundred and six, and that compares to um, four thousand nine hundred in the first half of of, of twenty twenty. I mean, in, how much do you think though that jump is is down to to COVID and obviously the slowdown and and you know closure of sales offices that we saw in the in the first half of last year and how much of that do you, do you think that it's people um really sort of looking at um you know their their stage in their lives now and thinking right we need to be starting to buy homes um starting to move homes again and is that is that a trend that you feel will ultimately support the whole the, the home builders going forward yeah i think it will uh, jonathan i mean in our house we've got, we've got my daughter and son-in-law living with us they put an offer on a house um which has been accepted and they're moving but it's they've been looking since the start of the year and they've had the devil's own job to 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 uh to find the right place because during the stamp duty holiday uh properties were coming on and getting sold the same day so they've had a really tough job so there may well be a marginal slowdown but i think that's it's just probably to do with the summer and little more um and i i expect uh, in the second half of the year uh, the sales process will continue um and certainly for the house builders 
um, you know, given the amount of land that Persimmon has acquired this year and is probably still acquiring as we speak, uh, I, I, I don't see... I, I can't really see anything on the horizon to to uh, to trip the house builders up, certainly for the next six to eight months. Indeed. I'm just looking, you touched on the, the dividend yield. I mean, one thing that Persimmon's always done yep. is return cash to, to shareholders. I mean, they've always had um, very progressive uh, dividend policies as well as very generous special dividends. Just looking at the, the most recent payments, um, from them, 125 pence, one pound 25 in March of this year, one pound 10 uh, in in August. Certainly, investors in Persimmon are continued to be rewarded with uh, distributions there. So, uh, quite a strong set of figures, uh, and indeed, they are uh, remaining to uh, return those profits to to shareholders. So, I think this is something that's probably set to continue. Uh, with uh, with persimmon and it's going to be something quite catastrophic, I think, to uh, to change the board's policies on on dividends going forward. So an interesting set of results from them, pretty strong, and I think that's going to be a, a good company to keep an eye on for any weakness for an entry going forward uh, on them. So um, let's now now move on now, Alan. So Zenova Group, this is one that's that's came to the market very recently. We touched on them. Uh, at the time, ticker ZED. What's the the latest from them? Okay, so so Zenova have come to market. Uh, they they IPO'd at nineteen p, and the shares popped up immediately uh, on the uh, on its debut to twenty three and a half, twenty four p. Slowly drifted back since then on little volume, and I think we can put that down to the the summer months as much as anything. So it's got a market cap of a, of around uh, seventeen million. Um, but uh, yeah, so so shares have shares, as I say, have come back. Um, there was some news that was uh, out uh, um, at the start of August from the company. It announced its first um, pilot scheme with Southdown Housing Association. Now, uh, I'll go into that in a second, but um, I just just wanted to go over the um, go over what the company does again. Um, so Zenova uh, produced a series of. Um, of innovative uh, uh, paints and renders that uh, are fire resistant, uh, fire retardant. And on its website, zenovagroup.com, you'll find a series of uh, product videos that um, that manifestly demonstrate just how um, effective these these paints and renders are. And, um, and, and those have been doing the rounds across social media. They've got a very strong Twitter following. Um, and you can, if you just look at Zenova Group's Twitter handle, you can see a lot of those product videos being demonstrated uh, within within the the, uh, the 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 body of the Twitter post. Um, so there's Zenova Fire Paint, um, and uh, then there's uh, that's Zenova FP, Zenova FX, which is fire extinguisher, um, Zenova IP, which is thermal insulation paint. Uh, uh, a recent tweet showed uh, how uh, container lorries uh, and also uh, old sea containers used in uh, some areas in Africa where the poverty is, is, is poverty levels are very high. Um, if these are painted with a thermal insulation paint, um, they become they can become habitable because otherwise the uh, the the steel construction would overheat uh, very quickly indeed. Um, they also have insulation render um, IR, and that's render that's actually applied uh, during construction. So you know when companies like Persimmon. Um, getting uh, uh, 
build these new houses, the render they could use from Zenova would basically be fire resistant. So that's a massive, massively important uh, development and thought, I think, for house construction in the future. And then they have uh, WB, which is wildfire barriers. And of course, we're seeing all these fires burning at various locations around the world due to the uh, increase in global warming. Um, and uh, Zenova WB, the, the wildfire barrier, is uh, is already already in use in, in, uh, in several places around the world. Um, so the company is run by Tony Crawley. Uh, Tony's held senior roles in construction and fire safety. Um, he was at, uh, the managing director of a company called Frapura in Europe and Canada. Um, and prior to that, ran a national electricity contractor with 150 employees. Um, he's also a major shareholder in the company. Um, he had 9%. After admission, he owns 5.5%. So it's always good to see a director with skin in the game like that. And indeed, um, uh, Dr. Edra Albani uh, joined the technical team after he realized the potential of the paint a few years ago. He also is a 5% shareholder. So yeah, so back to the Southdown housing pilot. It was a pilot scheme to make use of the installation properties of the render that I've, I've just uh, um, outlined and also Zenova paint. So um, it's it's helping the Southdown housing on their on their their their, their the properties that or the the portfolio properties they have throughout the southeast in in Sussex to um, and and they're rendering um, a property uh, using a pilot scheme. They're filming the process um, so it can be it can be sort of um, outlined and used uh, um, uh, as as material to. To, to, to show other companies and other organizations. So it, it's a significant step forward. Um, it also, it's also um, uh, a, a key element in reducing carbon footprint as well, um, because obviously um, there's less heat emitted from the house, less uh, it, house contains its heat better. So, um, so there are many factors uh, along the Along the um, the cycle of, of of bringing this bringing this new house or completing the new house with the products, so Zenova Group, as I say, currently uh, trading at nineteen p. That's nineteen point two p, just above the IPO price. Um, I think it's it's a fantastic company, uh, and it's uh, really its timing and entry into the market couldn't be better. Indeed, indeed, one with very strong ESG characteristics there, as you've outlined there. You know, there's obviously the um, you know, the, the social impact that it can have in Africa, as well as the um, the green energy impact that it can have here in the in the UK. So certainly an interesting company to to keep an eye on uh, there, Alan, with them. I'm sure one that will um, keep the podcast updated with when we hear uh, some more. So moving on now to uh, the final company that we're going to touch on today, which is Echo Energy, Alan. Now, this is one that we've discussed on the podcast previously. Um, it's one I'm now looking at and looking at a market cap of, of, of seven million and, and so sort of scratching my head and thinking what's what's happened here because you know as a, a junior uh, explorer uh, that that it is um, it is actually producing as well at the, at the same time so that obviously um, is a real benefit for a company like that because it does support further operations going forward. So what's the latest been from from them? Uh, Echo Energy uh, are a company uh, with uh, with a portfolio of assets in Argentina, southern Argentina. Uh, they call themselves a cash generative energy company. The company is run by Martin Hull. He's the CEO with um, over 18 years in oil and gas investment banking. 
um, and expertise across the chain. And the non-exec chairman at the group is James Parsons, who, of course, is well known across a range of, of, of other AIM companies. So he brings his expertise to the group. A board of very experienced non-exec directors uh, also uh, with Dr. Julian Besser, who's the technical director based in, uh, in, in, in the region. Um, so as you said, Jonathan, this is a company that is um, productive and it's growing its assets. The assets, uh, the asset base is based at the Santa Cruz Sur um, uh, oil field. Um, it's on the on on the southeast coast at the foot of Argentina, um, and it's uh, it's a very uh, fertile region for oil production. Um, Currently, uh, um, uh, Echo Energy has five production concessions there and is generating an average of 1,700 barrels of oil equivalent per day. So that's um, the, the majority of the sales are, are gas, are, are in gas, and uh, there's a very buoyant gas market in Argentina at present. Uh, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the sales costs uh, in the market are some $12,300 dollars for um, a, a million cubic feet um, or sorry a million cubic meters um, and uh, and uh, throughout the uh, throughout the first part of the year um, echo has been focused on developing these assets it's, it's got several other wells and assets within the field um, and being cash generative as it is now that cash is being spun back into uh, developing those assets and bringing those further assets upstream. Now, significantly, the company just released uh, a new presentation, which is on the website. And this, I think, it, um, graphically illustrates the the, the the cycles the company is going through to um, uh, firstly produce oil, then add additional oil and cycling wells, a workover program for the for the uh, existing and new wells, and, and also new well developments. And the basically it delivers a top right hand corner graph where the production will steadily increase uh, throughout the second quarter of the year and given that the shares have come back um, as far as they have is as you say Jonathan it's a, as much of a surprise to me as anyone because we've now got a company with that level of production well established in the region uh, a market cap of um, under 7 million um, and if we go back to the start of the year, the company took some very significant steps in terms of restructuring. Um, there was a senior debt facility that was restructured uh, to mature in 2025. No further cash in interest payments were due to uh, to, to 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 the loan uh, or, or, or or to the facility. Um, and um, and the uh, it, it, what it's enabled um, Echo to do is to husband that cash and focus all that cash on developing the assets at Santa Cruz Sur. There was also a change in the it's uh, the Argentine uh, Argentine VAT status um, and on the back of that uh, Echo has been able to reclaim some one and a half million dollars which is again highly significant that money's gone back into into restructuring um, and of course it's had a very successful run uh, through the year so we uh, we saw the high in March where the shares Touched just under just under under two p, um, um, but here we are now zero point five p. They've just slipped back steadily on the year. Meanwhile, the company continues to produce uh, oil. There's been very little news from the company since June, and I just think this um, now with uh, this additional production, with the 
release of this new presentation. I think the company's gearing up for a major uh, publicity campaign during the latter half of the year. And at 0.55p compared to a year high of 1.9p, I think the shares look excellent value right now. Indeed, indeed. And we're certainly just looking at the chart that we've seen um, quite a significant drop off there. But I mean, I think we have to look at the, you know, the reason behind that drop, Alan. And indeed, looking at the, the, the debt restructuring, that, re- that relieved them of you know, certain cash payments they had to pay, which obviously frees up more for, for operations. So that was a huge concern beforehand. Mm. We did actually see a very sharp rally on, on the announcement of that. And, and ever since it has uh, ebbed uh, to, the, to the downside when you're looking at the share price. I mean, do you think that there's maybe a little bit of concern about the, the underlying assets now from investors I don't think there's any concern about the underlying assets. I mean, the, 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 there are several independent publications that, um, uh, in fact, there was an, uh, on oilprice.com, June 26th, there's a big article saying Argentina's oil industry is finally bouncing back and uh, very, you know, looking at uh, the activity across the country uh, in terms of production and uh, the issues for the incumbent, the incumbent producers, and so on. So, so that article was 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 very positive, and I think this is it's going to mark a turning point. That's probably why um, Echo Energy uh, updated this detailed company presentation and put it out uh, uh, when it did. But also from a news standpoint. Um, Echo has been very quiet, so it's it's kept a lid on stuff since June, and I think, as I say, now going forward, and, and just to look at the assets the company has in the ground, and um, there are one P, two P, and P fifty uh, uh, um, estimates, uh, uh, reserve estimates. One P means proven developed and proven undeveloped. There are three point one three million barrels of oil equivalent uh, thought to be within the five concessions. Um, the 2P, that's total proven and probable reserves of four point, uh, just over 4 million barrels of oil equivalent. And the P50, uh, P50 is what industry specialists uh, um, uh, say has a 50% certainty of being produced, is 6.5 million barrels of oil equivalent. So that's an awful lot of stuff in the ground. And if you do the numbers on that, uh, compared to the current market cap and the fact that this is a producing company which is increasing its production month on month. Um, I don't think the shares are going to be at this level for much longer. Yes, yeah, so indeed, looking at the, the presentation, it's certainly something that anybody that's looking at Echo Energy should spend a bit of time going through because, yes, if you run the numbers on those reserves and what that could mean in terms of revenue going forward for uh, Echo uh, it does look uh, like a particularly interesting prospect when you're looking at shares at just um, 0.55 pence at the moment. So I think, I believe, Alan, that's on their website at the moment. So anybody looking at... Is, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd urge investors to go to the website. It says the investor presentation, quarter three, 2021. It was it was put out uh, a few days ago. So um, so I'd urge investors to go and look at that. It's uh, It really, uh, it, it, it really uh, articulates... Where where Echo are in the production cycle, and you know where the upside is going to come from too. Yes, indeed, and and even if you're not looking at uh, Echo Energy shares, certainly there's some interesting uh, notes in there about their production, which will be quite interesting for anybody that's looking at uh, energy production companies. Uh, so do check that out, and I'm sure this is going to be one that we discuss on the podcast again, Alan. So. Um, just as a roundup now of the equities that we discussed today. First of all, 
was Persimmon the House Builder with a ticker of PSN. Uh, we also touched on Zenova Group with a ticker of ZED. And of course, just then was Echo Energy with a ticker of Echo ECHO. Alan, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Jonathan. So just as a note, anybody listening to the podcast, do check out the UK Investor Magazine website where you can register to receive our regular newsletter, which do include our latest podcast as well. So do check that out and get yourself subscribed. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.